I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Clippers entered the long weekend down 0-2 to the Mavs. Their chance to advance at that point, only 30%. They win two games. Now the Clippers, 77% chance to advance. NFL rumors are out there. We've got the odds. Green Bay's odds of retaining Rodgers have increased. And we got a new favorite when it comes to Julio Jones. He is the favored to go to the Seattle Seahawks. And finally, tonight in the NBA, the Lakers tie 2-2 now go to Phoenix. AD likely out. Suns are favored by four and a half points in that game. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live on a Tuesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Had a long weekend, got a lot to recap and a lot to look ahead to. Great active time of the NBA season, especially. We got some NFL talk additionally. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got more NBA playoff action coming up later on. We've also got the latest on Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? You know how the kids say, flip the script? You ever hear that, Jonas? Yeah. Okay. Usually, I'm going to recap first because you want to know what happened, to know what's going to happen. I'm going to start, though, with the Lakers because I believe no story's bigger. We got LeBron undefeated in the first round in his career and if they lose tonight and they're underdogs it's they're going to be big underdogs to advance so let's start with a early preview on the Lakers yeah and that game tips off at 10 p.m eastern time tonight on TNT series tied at two games to p at two games apiece no Anthony Davis so LeBron James and company go on the road at Phoenix and right now on pregame.com the Suns are a four and a half point favorite Okay, so you, we lean on you for the eye test. When you looked at the game four, AD played was less than 100%, it seemed, or at least his performance wasn't great. Then there was an additional injury. He was out for the rest of the game. In general, what chance would you give the Lakers without Anthony Davis? Um, 20%. So, so we look at it as a, a mat. I mean, it's it's it goes from them being the clear favorites to being a long, long shot. Yeah, I, I just think that there's – we've seen this throughout the course of the regular season. I think they're barely above 500 when AD's not in the lineup. And, and when he plays poorly in this series or he's not available in this series, the Suns have won both those games. So I feel like he's really the difference maker between the Lakers advancing and making a deep run and not. I'm going to make the case that there's a scenario, a scenario that the Lakers are okay. And I don't necessarily think this is the likely scenario, but it's a tangible one. 
which is the following. We all know that the ability of any player in the NBA, if he's elite, to put a team on his back for a short period of time is much more doable than for an entire playoff run. Uh, to some degree, we saw that with Steph Curry when KD was out, you know, over, you know, a spot game here, a spot game there. You want a guy to step up and take the lead and the, and, and the usage rate and all that. They can do it. The question is, can you do it game after game after game? So typically, LeBron in his prime prime, you think back, I think, to 2007 when he brought a, a team of, you know, not stars to the finals against the Spurs. And you would say he put them on their back. It, there just wasn't enough there other than him. As he's gotten older, the spurts that he's been able to do that get smaller and smaller. The real question is, if this was one game, if this was like a suspension, and this was LeBron even three years ago, two years ago, we'd feel pretty confident we'd see a monster game from LeBron. On the other hand, we would say that uh, over the course of a series or two, it'd be hard for him to carry the team. But hey, for one game, he could. I'm not even sure if he's able to for one game because he is less than 100%. So I do have a scenario. Maybe he's better than we think. But let me just ask you the eye test again, Jonas, is what percent or maybe not percent as much, but relative to game three, which was right before game four, how LeBron looked to game four. Did you see a relative improvement? What do you think? Where do you think LeBron is right now? No, I thought he was his best in Game 3, and, and, and he seemed to be his most confident in Game 3. I think that was the game in which he was sort of clowning Jay Crowder and, and really excitable, and um, it, it felt like he was pretty comfortable with where they were at in the series. Game 4, he looked a little bit more uncomfortable, and I don't know if it's just from the injury standpoint or just the role expanding and him having the realization of, I don't know if I can take a game over like I could a couple of years ago, and that to me is the most interesting question because I do think in his prime we've seen him before in LeBron James's prime he had the ability to take over playoff games we saw it in Boston years ago when he was awesome as a member of the Miami Heat we've seen it with the Cleveland Cavaliers game one against the Golden State Warriors this is the first time that I can recall in a big moment with the Lakers where he's going to be asked to do the same thing and I just don't know that he's capable of doing it at this point in his career well the the odds in this game say that he's not fair to do it. I mean, yeah. right now the Suns are four and a half point favorites. So if we assume two points for home court right now, which is probably a fair assessment, that means the Suns are two and a half points the better team. Now we can do an apples to apples comparison because, and Mackenzie, you can help me with this. It strikes me that game two was a good analogy to game five. Whereas game five is a high leverage, want to win the game big time, meaning not how much you win by, but you really want to win the game. Yeah, Listen, you want to win every playoff game, but when it's 2-2 and whoever wins this game has 3-2 lead, it's a high leverage spot. Game two for the Lakers specifically was a high leverage spot. If they would have went down 0-2, that would have been problematic. In game two... If I recall now, the closing line was in the range of the Lakers favored by one and a half or two. What do we have in the in the log? Lakers by two. That's right. Okay. So if I recall, Chris Paul, 
there was no injury situation with you know Chris Paul didn't get hurt in game one, did he? Or, or when did he get no, hurt? First half of game two. Okay, so entering game two, there was go ahead. no. He got hurt in game one. Was, was he, that right? Yeah, yeah, he got hurt in game one, early on in game one, and he was able okay. to finish that game, and then it was uh, game two where he was clearly hampered by Yeah, it. I remember that because yeah. what, what happened was, uh, remember, now that I think about it, the line was in that one and a half or two range, and then I was thinking, oh, wow, that's a huge adjustment because remember yeah. Phoenix was three in the first game, and then we thought, well, some of that's about Chris Paul. So let's, let's talk about Chris Paul real quick. Uh, it strikes me that the jump he made physically – was beyond what was expected, and not that he was 100%, but he was um, you know, much improved in Game 4. He seemed good to me. Yeah, pr- uh, pretty I, much I good. Yeah, I didn't see any sort of limitations um, based on, on what we – he just – he seemed – like he was Chris Paul, which I don't know, you know, what they did to get him ready for that game, or, or not trying to make. What any are you act. implying? John? I mean, I've just, you know, it seemed like it was a pretty miraculous uh, turnaround for Chris Paul. Uh, uh, going to the game well, listen, all, but here's the question though: <laughs> if, if a guy between and let's let's you know let's talk straight here, if a guy between seasons puts on a lot of muscle or if he looks a lot younger and there's rumors of trips to Germany and blood platelets, <laughs> that's one thing. But what could you do? Like what is illegal even or against the rules of the NBA that, that you could do in between a game? I don't, I'm not sure of the NBA's rules. I mean, and I don't know if, he, and, and I, I say that sort of kidding. I don't even know if this is an injury that would be benefited by taking, you know, a shot or a toward all that we've heard NFL which, players which isn't, take Which isn't elite, which no. isn't against the rules, right? No, yeah, you can, you can do it. It numbs it. You don't feel it for a while, and then you just deal with it after the game. Um, but he, he looked good, and it could be just he improved because it was, you know, a, a bruise, and, and, and that stuff sort of, you know, helps. And they also had an extra day, and I, I was waiting to see what that was going to look like for Chris Paul because they had an extra day of rest between games three and games four and I think that helped him out also a lot the fact that he was able uh, to to come out in game four and play as effective as he did and if I'm not mistaken if it does end up so game five tonight and then what's the schedule on game six and seven because if I'm not mistaken, one of these has a real extended break. So game six is on Thursday, okay. and then game seven would be on Saturday. So there is no break Okay, so this, this one is literally a day, a day, a day. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Which doesn't lend itself to be advantageous for Anthony Davis. No, o- obviously, more time would be better. Yeah. So at the time, we estimated that the now that I recall, the Chris Paul injury was being accounted for about a point and a half because there was real uncertainty if he was going to be affected at all. So we figured the game would be about Pickham in Phoenix in a must in a high win spot or high uh, motivation spot for the Lakers. Right now the line is between four and a half and five. So that's saying Chris Paul or check that Anthony Davis is worth between four and a half and five points, which I think is about right. The best players in NBA history are worth have been worth about six and per game and the idea of Anthony Davis being worth four and a half feels just right to me. Uh, McKenzie, would you agree with that? That's right. We're going to have it four and a half. Okay. So now the question becomes this, can LeBron do it for a game? And cause let's be candid. If, if the Lakers won tonight, though, they'd still have to win another game. All of a sudden there'd be a sense of a crisis averted and the momentum would certainly just the pure math, right? They'd have to win one yeah. of two instead of two of two. 
big game. I mean, these games five often decide series effectively. The thing that makes me think maybe LeBron can do it is the fact that up until game four, so up until the most recent game, LeBron was shooting outside and was not getting to the rim. And he was shooting outside fairly effectively, you know, hit or miss or whatever, but okay. And he wasn't getting to the rim. Now, what did that mean? That meant against other NBA athletes, against the best wing defender, he wasn't able to get past them. And thus, you're either shooting jump shots or you're getting to the rim. That's your choices. And if you can't get to the rim, you're shooting jump shots. He got to the rim in a very effective way or much more effective way LeBron did in game four. He just missed his outside shots. There's no correlation between those. It's not like you're getting to the If anything, if you're not getting to the rim, it's harder to shoot outside because the defender is going to have to be or is inclined to be more up on you because he's not scared of you getting by him. So the ability to get to the rim helps your outside shooting. But by the short, you know, the reality of short sample size in game four, LeBron was able to get to the rim and actually scored fairly effectively when he did, but he just didn't hit the outside shots. My thought would be, and Jonas, it sounds like you didn't see it this way, but let me pose the question even more specifically. My thought would be the fact that LeBron was able to get to the rim, making it or not, uh, with the outside shots otherwise, doesn't change that fact. And thus, for him to take over a game, getting to the rim is going to be part of it. If he only had hit his outside shots in game four, he would have had a monster and thus he has a chance in game five to have a real monster game because of his ability to get to the rim, which you would think if it's his ankle was the issue, it gets better and better as time goes on. So does that sound right? Or you just look at me and say, whatever the stats say, he didn't feel like he was getting to the rim. No, I mean, I think that going, he, their only chance at winning is him having the basketball and him either getting to the rim, hitting his shots when he takes them, or he's got to depend on those other guys around him to, to make shots. And I, and I think Phoenix's approach is going to be we're going to stop him, we're going to do whatever we can to stop LeBron James, and we're going to, we're going to see if these other guys who haven't been able to do it on a consistent basis are going to be able to make plays. I, I think LeBron's going to have the ball majority of the time for the Lakers tonight. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes because he has to I have no I think he'll be able to get to the rim whether he can hit his shots who knows whether he can hit his free throws he hasn't been real good at all that but I think this is going to come down to the guys around him making shots so so you would agree then that his physical limitations that was keeping him from the rim before it felt like in game four those were not as much of an effect and thus his ability to get the rim did improve yeah, he seems like he's he's getting a little bit better. I I just don't know that he's got enough time and enough help to to get better enough, uh, fast enough for them to be able to survive this series. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to look at the over under on how many points LeBron's going to score, and then we'll see if there's a pick on it. I'm thinking of picking it, but I'm not quite sure. And McKenzie has a theory on it too. So we're going to be talking LeBron expected points in tonight's big matchup. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak 
We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the NBA playoffs. And what is LeBron's over-under for points tonight? We're going to tell you in just a minute. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver for you. You can listen to us on 225 stations across this great country. And if you don't know the station in your area or maybe an area you're traveling to, just go to foxsportsradio.com. You can look up the station or you can just stream right there, right at the website. Here in Vegas on the Strip for the first time this year, over 100 degrees, 102 degrees, the neon is percolating. So, RJ, we've been talking about the Lakers-Suns matchup. It is a pivotal Game 5 coming up later on tonight. No Anthony Davis for L.A., so that means a lot on the plate for LeBron James. And the Suns find themselves a four-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. And the question is, is LeBron going to be able to step up and have a game for the ages? I will say this, Jonas. It strikes me that we've transitioned LeBron very quickly from – huh, I wonder when we're going to start seeing some signs of his age. It wasn't just, um, I'd say last year you could make the case, because obviously he was injured the year before. But even last year, you heard a lot of people say, he's playing as well as ever. I think he's playing as well as he ever has. Would you agree that as recently as last year, that was the narrative? Yeah, that he just wasn't showing signs of age. And and the, the comp, I guess, was to him and Tom Brady both doing it at such a high level at their age and, and you know, no no sign of slowing down for LeBron. But LeBron was, at the time, what, 35? Yeah, I believe so. Because yeah. I think he's 36 now, right? And, and Brady would have been 43. So, you know, now he's going to be his 44th year season. So I don't know how those would compare. Now, listen, let's give LeBron credit is if you look at the number of minutes he's played, third all-time in the NBA, and if you look at playoff minutes, first all-time, and as we know, playoff minutes just are more taxing on a player's body. So LeBron is a physical marvel, but boy, oh boy, have we gone quickly from maybe he hasn't shown any real signs of aging to back in the day he could have done this, but today we got to expect a lot less. And maybe some of that is, I mean, heck, I would make the case, it's almost like he jinxed himself. Remember when he was kind of talking up his MVP candidacy right before he hurt his ankle? Yeah. And he was like, oh, days off, uh, that's for load management, that's for other people. Yeah. Uh, and then it seems like he hasn't been healthy since, <laughs> but, but it really is a drastic change. From the amount of, you know, from not that long ago, the sense was LeBron had yet to really show his age to the fact that he seems very limited. And maybe this is something next year won't be the case because he'll fully recover from the ankle. But man, oh man, uh, he didn't kind of have a middle ground. It went from age hasn't affected him at all to it feels like he's going to retire in a year or so. Uh, doesn't Doesn't it seem drastic to you? Yeah, there was no uh, – it's not like he slowly, gradually went downhill. It's almost like people have seen the cliff, and, and he's now being thrown off the cliff. That, that's, and uh, and that's I guess – yeah, the question is how much of that is about the ankle versus how much is about the age. And obviously, the older you get, the more prone anyone is to injury, and the slower people recover. 
from injuries. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. So the over, under, and points here, 27 and a half for LeBron. So 28 or more, he's exceeded expectations. 27 or less, he's fallen short of expectations. He's the main scorer, and it's not even a debate. Now, there's two ways to look at this. One way is going to be, I think, the Barney at the bar, Freddie Fanny Pack square, which is going to be, wait a minute. You're saying LeBron, it's on his shoulders. That's why they build these shoulders, LeBron. He's not going to get more than 20, 28 or more points. That's a lock. And you know something? Square sides sometimes are the right side. Part of me really feels drawn to that. That, that, that even if he shoots poorly, I, I can imagine him going, you know, 12 or 32 and trying to have a more. Because let's be candid. If he can pull off a win on the road with AD on the, you know, out by injury, it will be part of his legacy. It will be, remember that first round when they were against the wall? And the fact he's still hurt, at least a little bit, kind of has the Jordan flu game in it. Like he's coming, Willis Reed coming off the wheelchair. I think his motivation to make a statement tonight is massive. And maybe that's enough. Because if we have to debate, is he going to have a very efficient game or not? I'm not anxious to bet yes on that. But if the bet is, is he going to try to be the hero? I'm pretty much thinking I want to bet yes on that. Because let's say there's a 50-50% chance, 50-50, that he will be the hero if he tries. Well, that means 50% of the game you're going to win for sure. And then amongst the times he's not the hero, he's going to score more than 28 points. I mean, Luca had what? Like in game three when they lost, he had like 44. Yeah. So it's not like you got to win and be the hero to get over 27 and a half. So part of me feels like even if his chance of being the hero was only 40%, I'll take those 40 as wins and then think half the other 60%, maybe I'll get a win. Now, I don't think it's a 70% to go over, but. I mean, the Celtics got blown out in game four and Tatum had 40. So, it, like, that's, that goes to your point. I mean, they got annihilated, and Jason Tatum still figured out a way to get 40 points in a blowout for Boston. It concerns me if LeBron, because it is just one day off to game six, one day off to game seven after that, that, that maybe if they're down 15 with 10 minutes left, does LeBron maybe sit? Do they maybe concede the game? Yeah. And that hurts. If I know LeBron's playing to the end, I'm going over here with no with no questions. Now, on the other side of this crossfire, McKenzie's got some ideas, <laughs> which which are contrarian, and it doesn't mean they're wrong. Let's hear them. What do you think on this over under? I think it's way too high. Wait, ancient... way too high. So wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what should it be? Twenty three. Twenty five and a half. Twenty five and a half. So two points is way too high. All right, continue. <laughs> So LeBron has played nine games since coming back from his high ankle sprain at the end of April. He hasn't put up more than 25 one time. In fact, you look at his averages, it's below 21 points per game. I mean, we've seen him go slowly year, year by year down, but I think massive acceleration with this most recent injury. He's just not the what, same what? player. He's not driving the same. He's not shooting the well, same. Hold on a second. Did you write this up on Friday and didn't get to see the game in which he drove extensively? <laughs> I saw the game. I saw okay. the game. So and how would you how would you rate his ability to get to the hoop? Much better when they were down by 15 in the fourth quarter. More than half of his baskets inside. So which is really saying in the desperation time 
when they were when it looked like they were almost out of it, LeBron's still just driving to the basket, putting up points. Isn't that exactly what we want? We're not ju- the bet here isn't will LeBron have a great efficient game. The bet is is he going to score 28 points or more? And if he is, one of the ways to do that is to be down by 15. Phoenix letting them kind of have a little bit. And him putting in a bunch of late garbage points. That's one of the ways to get there, isn't it? Absolutely. That's why I'm not betting the under. Even though he hasn't touched this number in two and a half months, I would only I would only look to the over or me personally. I'd Jeez, pass. Do you see how quick I changed his mind on that, Jonas? <laughs> way too high. I, wait. So wait. So what you're saying is, let's make sure we got this straight. You can, <laughs> you can turn. I, I, you don't need to respond even. Is what Mackenzie's saying is that this is way too high, but he would only bet over. Now that is fascinating. I mean, Jonas, do you ever think that you could have went to the Ivy Leagues? <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, I, I do, and then I, I, I watch myself and how many times I get corrected on my iPhone trying to text somebody because I misspelled a word, and I realize I had no shot. I well, what, what, what I'll say is this: we're having fun with Mackenzie, but the reality is, I see both sides of this. Meaning, mathematically, he's absolutely right. And let's take a second and think about those numbers is since he's come back, he's averaged 21 points. And he has not eclipsed 25 points ever. So we're saying, okay, since he's been injured, he's never had more than 25 points. And oh, by the way, you can bet tonight he won't have 28. That sounds like a good bet. Mathematically, the under seems right. But this is a human game. And to me, I think the fact that LeBron is so motivated to be the hero. And beyond that personal uh, attention and brand building, I think you can make the case that it's the only way the Lakers can win. And even if it has to be, you could make the case LeBron's willingness to shoot, 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 even though it might not be efficient, even though it might make him look bad, is part of what being a superstar is. Because we'll transition to the Sixers here in a second, but I'd make the case that, that Simmons, after Embiid went down, was unwilling to do that, though he's not the offensive star. But, oh, my gosh, my partner goes, Batman goes down. Robin better start shooting. And Robin wouldn't shoot. He had two shots in the second half, two shots in the entire second half, uh, Simmons for the Sixers. So LeBron, you know he's going to shoot. And in a weird way, his willingness to do that is why I lean towards the over. I'm not going to make it a bet because I agree with the math too. Is I do see the other side of it, which is this does have a premium on it. Just maybe the premium is warranted. And I'll say one more thing. And, and this is complex, but not really. I kind of like the following. I like betting LeBron over and the Suns. Because think of it like this. Yeah. All right. If LeBron, if the Lakers win or cover, so the line's four and a half. So if the Lakers lose a close game or they win, I think it's almost a sure thing LeBron's gone over. I don't see LeBron putting up twenty three, and the Lakers winning. Would you agree with that? Yeah, um, I, I I would agree with that, and I I also oh, and and I'll, I'll let you sort of finish your point, but I also thought about another bet that I wonder is out there. Uh, yeah, so so quickly, and we'll get to that. Is I, but if the Suns win by you know uh, easily, convincingly, yeah, I think that at that point the LeBron over under is likely to go under, 
But I tell you this, I can see a, I could see a scenario in which, again, the Suns win by eight or nine, but LeBron's keeping them in it late, point, 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 gets his 28, gets his 30, whatever. So the question is this. You're going to get vigged out if it splits. So let's say you lose your minus, you know, your $10 if you bet two, uh, 110 on each side. But the odds to me of it going LeBron over Suns cover is so much better. So you, in that case, you sweep and win 200 is so much better than the idea of the Suns not covering, thus the Lakers covering, but LeBron going under. I think LeBron going under and the Lakers covering is much less likely than the Suns covering, but LeBron going over. And thus, that's the kind of bet that's that you're hedging yourself. But yeah. you, you know, in poker they call it scooping. The odds of getting both ends ends of the pot, like in uh, it's eight or better high low games. The odds of getting high and low are much better than losing both. And I think the odds of getting both are much better than losing both. And I kind of say let's put a pizza bet on that because now I think it through. I do like it, so I'll go with the Suns for half a pizza. Laying the four and a half, LeBron <laughs> over 27 and a half points for half a pizza. Now, the theory is we're going to probably vig out and split, but we have a better chance of winning both and losing both. Uh, first, Jonas, if you don't mind, do you like that? Yeah, no, I, I like it. Um, I, I think that makes a lot of, spen- a lot of sense, especially uh, the portion where if you don't like the Lakers to cover – um, and and, Lebr- and you think LeBron going under, I think a lot of that is predicated. And, and the bet that I was thinking about, and I don't even know if this is out there, but I've seen this at times where they'll do a bet where one player, it's a bet on the over of points, rebounds, and assists mm-hmm, in a game. Mm-hmm. And if you like the Lakers to cover this game, you guys talk about correlated bets, how they, how one, you need one to happen for the other to happen, and, that, and sometimes it makes sense. If you like the Lakers plus the four and a half, wouldn't that be predicated on LeBron James having an overall good game for that to pull off? And if that's yeah. the case, you would look at that total for points, uh, rebounds, and assists. But remember now, if, if a parlay is obviously correlated, the books won't let you bet both of them at this, you know, both on the same parlay. Uh, so, okay. like, you couldn't bet LeBron over and the Lakers. But I do find it interesting because you can bet the over-under on rebounds, which are eight and a half. You can't bet the over-under on assists for LeBron, which are eight. So think about it. This is the projected line for LeBron, 27.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, 8 assists. So that's a monster game right there. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I think his assists and rebounds, or especially his assists, are inversely correlated to his points. Because every time, I mean, think about it. A guy that scores a ton doesn't typically have a lot of assists because he doesn't pass a lot. And a guy that passes a lot doesn't typically score a lot. So you can bet sometimes total points, rebounds, and assists. So in this case, it'd be something like uh, for uh, like 45 or so, a little less, 44, would be the guess. And I don't like that as much over because I kind of feel like that he's going to be more about points and less about assists. So if anything, you want to do another kind of – in. Uh, bet that has an inverse relationship that's kind of a hedge, I'd go over points like under assist because I don't see him uh, being able to do both as much. And, you know, so it's kind of interesting that typically if you think someone's going to have a high usage, you'd want to maybe combine and go over points, assists, and rebounds combined. I think this is more about the, the other players 
LeBron's not going to trust. He's yeah. going to want this to be on his shoulders. And he said the quote. So it's kind of interesting, and I'll get your thoughts quickly, McKenzie, and then we'll go see what's trending is, do you believe that in general this is a night that LeBron's going to be shooting more and passing less? Yes, I do, and I think you're right that it's hard to get both in a total at 209. This is the lowest-scoring game compared to most games. Usually got to do one or the other. All right, so I am going to call it now a half a pizza bet on each of these two <laughs> bets. It will be the Suns lane four and a half, and LeBron over 27.5 points. I think we'll probably split, but we have a better chance of winning both and losing both. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Don't you think, yes, Jonas? Absolutely. I mean, he's got a brisk pace that makes you think that every moment counts, and that makes the listener think, you know, he's right. My time's valuable. Dan Byer's not wasting my time. <laughs> Great stuff. I love it. I love it. It was nothing worse than someone on a podcast. They're like an hour and a half in, and they'll be like, well, you know, if anyone's listening still, it's like, <laughs> idiot, you're, you're kind of making it where if someone's listening, they feel stupid. Like, do you, <laughs> yeah, for any of the stupid people still listening, all right, well, the smart people are going to hang on for one more commercial because I'm going to give a surprise. I'm giving an NFL surprise best bet and I love this one, and it's based on the news. So you're going to want to bet it quick because I think the number's going to be moving. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So in life throws you uh-ohs, just save, better get Mako. Head to Mako.com to book your appointment today. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., we will be getting to a best bet in the NFL from you, the voice of Vegas. But we do want to let you know that there's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. Law enforcement are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. So RJ, Jonas, yes, let me ask you. Yes. If, if the wife is pregnant and you're rushing to the emergency room, do you take the time to buckle up? Yeah, of course. I mean, but what happens if that time first. buckling up is the time that is the difference between delivering the baby in the back of the car, like on a sitcom, and in a nice, <laughs> safe hospital room? Well, well, see, I would say that we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but I know that when we do cross that bridge, I will have my seatbelt on. So that's that's, <laughs> that's pretty thing. good. That's pretty good. Um, let's do this because we are going to get to the best bet. But I do want to talk about that Sixers. Uh, let's recap that Sixers because it was 3-0, and, and I do think there's some telling stuff in there, and now it looks like Embiid's going to be out. Yeah, Joel Embiid uh, after Philly lo- loses 122-114 to the Washington Wizards. Uh, a report from ESPN says that he is doubtful for Game 5 and that he is going to be evaluated after Wednesday's game. So Philly up three games to one in the series, but Joel Embiid out for Game 5, it looks like. So, McKenzie, what do we see as the current line in game five it looked like it opened up at six and a half what are we seeing right now still at six and a half okay so that assumed then 
that in this game is at Philly, and it was six and a half. So let's think about this. The last game that would have been in Philly was game two. What was the line in that game? Sixers were eight and a half point favorites in that game, which is the same line they were game four on the road. Okay, so what we're saying, and remember, though, this is a, a common phenomenon. Game three is must win for the team down 0-2. If they lose that game, the line will move a couple of points against the team down 0-3 because the sense is they history says they give up. It's like they the fact that Washington played hard and won a game when they were down 0-2 or 0-3 is really pretty rare. You got to wonder how much that was about Embiid being out and it kind of inspiring Washington that they have a chance to win. It is interesting though that by in game two, Lyon was in Philly only eight and a half. Now without Embiid, it's six and a half. I gotta be honest, I like Washington a good bit there. I don't understand that line at all. Um, I mean, if anything, Washington feels like who knows how long Embiid's gonna be out. And they only got to win three games in a row? I mean, it's not likely, but if we know anything about Westbrook, he doesn't seem to back down from challenges. In fact, let's make this a bonus <laughs> impromptu best bet. I mean, this is just too good. I'm going to take Washington plus six and a half. And part of this had to do with, I mean, Simmons not stepping up. And now you got Harris, who, let's be honest, Tobias Harris is pretty good as the third, you know, second, third option. If he's the guy the defense is focused on, and then you get the hack of Ben Simmons strategy going on, in which he's missing free. He's like five for 20 on free throws. Give me the Wizards plus six and a half, best bet. And we're going to transition into a best bet that's around Julio Jones. So if you don't mind, Jonas, give us a little Julio setup, and I'm going to segue in. Yeah, Julio Jones still in Atlanta Falcon for the time being, but there are different odds that have been shifting and going back and forth over the past several days. And some have said lately that the Seattle Seahawks, upon Julio Jones and Russell Wilson's interest in wanting to play with each other, that Seattle has inquired about the Atlanta Falcons, soon to be Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yeah, so this has surged. And Mackenzie, pull up the NFC East odds where my bet's going to be. So as of Friday, the Seattle Seahawks weren't even amongst the favorites to land Julio Jones. Now, if you look at the updated odds, Jones' next team, the favor, the Seattle Seahawks plus 150, Tennessee plus 200, Patriots 3-1 to one now. Patriots used to be about even money. So Patriots are dropping. To me, there's oftentimes derivative markets, markets that are associated with another market that don't catch up when there's odds moves like this. Imagine Julio Jones on Seattle. Imagine the strength of those wide receivers. What is the current Seattle to win the West uh, odds right now, McKenzie? Plus two seventy-five on the Seahawks. Plus two seventy-five. And who's the favorite? Like who's the favorite? Rams are plus one eighty-five. In between them is the Niners, two to one. Okay, so we got the third favorite. We're going to make it a best bet Seattle to win the NFC West, plus two seventy-five. Best bet. Straight out of Vegas, brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. We're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 